We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Artem. Joined again by Sean Siegel. Um, today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.ag and BlueChew. Um, looking forward to on on the show earlier this week, we did look a little bit at all the rookies not all the rookies but a majority of the rookies and how things have shaken out for them on today's show we're going to kind of look at it from the opposite end we're going to look at the veterans some of the veterans who won based on how the draft went for them some of the veterans who maybe lost and we need to start to look to see if we can move them off those dynasty rosters or maybe adjust our uh you know adp in terms of where we're drafting them moving forward sean again the draft a little bit more in the rear view window at this point but uh, i really enjoyed it but i'm looking forward to today because now is the point where we start to really look into where uh, the dust settles and, and where we feel on, on all these players moving forward, both uh, rookies and veterans. Definitely. And today we're going to look at not the rookies like we did on Tuesday, but we're going to look at the veterans and how the draft affected them, what moves you should be making. A lot of times we get so caught up with the rookie results and what we're going to do in rookie drafts that we miss out on some opportunities to either buy or sell some players. I think that there are a lot of opportunities to buy people who were very stealthily 
uh, had their value expand over the weekend. At the same time, this is an opportunity to rebalance your portfolio on guys where maybe they were hit a little bit, even if it's just peripherally. We're going to talk about some controversial sell pieces where you're not going to sell low, you're not going to sell for nothing, but this is a chance to diversify your portfolio, maybe take some profits on some guys, you got at a lesser price, and now you need to rebalance a little bit. This might be the chance to sell someone like a Cortland Sutton, a guy we absolutely love, but it might be time to sell him, move into some different pieces. We'll discuss some of those guys on the show today. Yeah, Sean teased it. Uh, we'll see uh, what we say on each player if we are selling or if we're uh, keep, keeping stock off them. But as we start the show today is episode 98. We're getting closer to that episode 100. To mark the occasion, the Rotoviz Radio Podcast Network will be giving away 10 one-month subscriptions to rotoviz.com. If you're already subscribed, it'll add to that subscription. If you aren't already subscribed, you get a one-month free subscription to test out all the tools get involved in all the great content that is up on the website all you have to do is rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app and retweet some of the podcast tweets throughout the week share that love on social media um as always as well you can still get yourself that 10 percent off a one-year rotoviz subscription uh when now it's a little bit different the site is updated a little bit so you have to enter the code 2020 rv radio at checkout that will add that discount get you 10 percent off once again that code is 2020 rv radio lots of good stuff going on on the site as we get ready to hit episode 100 here on rotoviz overtime sean teased it i think we'll get straight into it samuel wallace is a very good piece of on the site looking at five veterans to sell now and how to profit from post-draft chaos and i think that's post-draft chaos i think it's very appropriate uh, to talk about some of these players obviously like we're going to talk about winners a little bit later on in the show but this player uh, isn't i don't believe mentioned in the winners and that is drew Locke, the quarterback uh, for the denver broncos i think he's had a, a big big weekend he'd be very happy with the the weapons that have been surrounding him now in denver but that obviously also possibly puts a dent in the value of Cortland sutton as we move forward with the situation that has happened there they've obviously taken jerry judy at 15th overall in this draft uh, and took hamler a little bit later so What's your thoughts, Sean, on the value of Cortland Sutton? Um, are you looking to sell? I think under no circumstances could I, uh, you know, m- make a deal to get rid of him. I-, I think that he is still going to be the the lead dog on this offense. But what I think we're going to see is this offense become one of the most exciting young offenses in the entire league. If if, if Drew Lock can, uh, you know, step up to the plate. What's your What's your thoughts on Sutton? Are you tempted to to move him? Well, one of the reasons I love this piece from Sam is that it gives you a look at players that you might need to force yourself to sell a little bit, even if you like them to the level that we do. Now, with Cortland Sutton, he's a guy who really looks like he's about to move into that Andre Johnson class where he could be a consistent uh, 1,400, maybe even 1,500 uh, receiving yards type of guy, uh, certainly double-digit touchdown upside with his physique and, and what he can do athletically. The most interesting players, I think, from a dynasty perspective are the ones you want to both buy and sell, right? So you're going to go out there in your leagues and you're going to find all of the leagues in which you own Cortland Sutton and you're going to look to see if you can sell him. You're going to go in all of those leagues where you don't own him and you're going to look to buy. 
And you're going to see if the differences in price across those leagues allow you to make those transactions in a way that you get a little bit better. Now, it's not a thing where you're going to get fantastically better because you're going to be making fair trade offers. You're going to be working through trades that will benefit you and your partner. And so each league is going to be a little bit different, but I do think this is a time to potentially sell, even though I agree with you. I think that Sutton is not hurt nearly to the level that Judy is hurt, perhaps nearly to the level that Hamler is hurt. Uh, However, he is a guy now that is going to have a ton of competition. Sam actually mentions in his piece, you can go to the Rotoviz Game Splits app and see that Sutton was a little bit better last year when Emmanuel Sanders was there. And so there are some potential opportunities for players to be more efficient, to be more effective when they're not going to have that same type of coverage. I think the handler especially could be a guy who really takes the top off the defense and makes it almost impossible for the same types of doubles or the same types of defensive attention to Sutton and Judy underneath. So there's the possibility for this offense to become hyper-efficient. I think that you should go out there and try and buy that from anyone who is panic selling. But at the same time, selling Sutton here is not the worst thing you're going to do. You're going to still get good value back. And there may be the perception from the opposing owner or your trade partner that you are panicking, that you're going to sell low and that the price he's going to get now is better than a price he'll ever be able to get in the future. And that will allow you to actually do the deal, right? There are a lot of these situations where just having something that makes it, uh, that creates a catalyst that makes it a little bit easier to talk about these guys is the key that really pushes you over the top. Maybe you can get three young pieces for Sutton. Maybe you can get a similar wide receiver And then one of those running back throw-ins you've been coveting but didn't have a good way to ask for, now after the draft this week, you can't. Uh, Listening to you talk about it, I get the impression that you don't really feel like you could do that in any way. I don't think so. I think I'm actually, you know, the further away we get from the draft and the more I've evaluated, I think that it's actually very much positive. Like you kind of hinted it there with the, the game splits app. He, Sutton did better last year. I know he had some highlight plays towards the end, but he actually had more PPR points um, when he was playing with Emmanuel Sanders. So I think, you know, again, having uh, Jerry Judy there, having Hamler there, really putting pressure on the defense as to who they're going to cover and how they're going to do that is going to have, like, he mightn't have as many targets, but he's going to have better targets and more opportunities to put up points based on how the defense is going to have to cover him. Um, I think it's also a good spot for Jerry Judy. I mentioned earlier about Drew Locke. If he can make that step forward, we could be talking after six or seven weeks of the NFL season that Drew Locke really isn't up to the task. But, um, you know, he showed glimpses last year. Um, we, we could be in for a really exciting offense. Um, like, again, when you mentioned, uh, we, we mentioned it earlier in the week about uh, Dave's article covering the, the projected targets. But if you look at their depth chart, we have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. Then we have Tim Patrick, uh, Joanne Winfrey and Deshaun Hamilton. So there's really nothing there outside of the the two rookies and Sutton. Uh, and I think Sutton's really and truly going to lead the way on this offense. So still very, very excited. Again, if the offer is there that makes sense, Sean, you, you make that deal. But it's going to take one hell of a deal um, for me to to move uh, Sutton at this particular moment in time. Um, Michael Gallup's another player mentioned it. We kind of hinted at that on the show earlier in the week, so we, we might go, go on to the next player. But Gallup is somebody who 
had a huge amount of opportunity. Samuel writes about uh, Cobb and Witten uh, freeing up 166 targets from last season. Um, so we were looking at a you know a big jump here. But even if we split some of those targets between uh, you know the tight end and then we get uh, Gallup and Lamb in there as well, we're going to have an exciting offense. But is Gallup somebody that you're you're selling? I think this could be an interesting one where you actually bought Gallup and sold Amari Cooper, right? Because Gallup is going to be the guy that people think will be hit. Certainly, it, it doesn't help him because being the number two behind Cooper allowed him uh, to not necessarily face that defensive attention, but still have a large overall target share. Certainly, their offense uh fantastic last season for fantasy points he was really coming on down the stretch so the perception here is going to be that he is really hurt i think if that's the perception then it's going to hurt the price you can get from him i would really like to sell cooper because he's someone we've seen get off to a great start at one point in his career he was my number one ranked dynasty player overall so it's definitely not that i've been a seller on him throughout his career we saw what happened uh then in oakland with the raiders with Carr. i think a little bit of that uh, gives you an explanation for why uh, henry ruggs despite being that first pick there is not going as early in rookie drafts as you might guess but but looking at the situation with the cowboys i mentioned that i like lamb to be the guy in this offense as early as the second half of 2021 if that happens then cooper would be the person to sell because he's the big name he will get you a lot uh he could be the person who's hurt a little bit more so i would be looking for who is the other player who can be hurt here but maybe will still get you a lot back if we're selling on gallup we might have to sell low yeah and th- then when we look at the last three in it they're, they're three running backs uh damian williams no surprise to be added to the list then marlon mack who we talked about uh on on the show earlier this week and then aaron jones who we hinted at a little bit earlier uh, this week on that show as well so uh, out of them all i think each of them does take a, a definitive knock on value i think jones holds his value better than the other two uh, i think williams's value has taken a pretty steep nosedive and my concern always with williams was did the chiefs truly believe in him did they want him to be that running back so um he's somebody i I, hands up i don't own on any rosters for that concern over the last kind of uh 12 to 18 months previously um i mentioned it on the other show that i do have marlon mack Um, there is concerns there if the right offer comes i I would be moving him but i still think that there 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 will be games this year where he does prove um, to be valuable in, in weekly lineups but out of those would you have them similar uh, williams is a major concern marlon mack in a, I, I know i know that you're you're much higher on uh, his, his replacement and then the situation um with aaron jones is kind of uh, wait and see what, what's your thoughts on those three well the two i think are really interesting here we did talk about the max situation on tuesday but the other two perhaps offer a short-term opportunity to profit and i think when you're looking at the costs in dynasty leagues uh, at the running back position especially it might be that short term that really makes the difference for you since we know that once you project running backs out just a little bit then the value all falls to zero anyway i had an interesting email come through a few minutes ago about the rotoviz dynasty league 2.0 that we're drafting here uh, one of the owners mentioning that he has sort of gone out on a limb and drafted some 24 year old running backs in Elliot Gurley Fournette and that that hadn't really worked out he was willing to sell I mean you think about those names 
and those ages. And certainly Elliot still has retained a lot of his value. But what happens with them, uh, even the best guys, even the young guys, and it underlines how much we're playing year to year at the running back position. When you look at that, I think Williams, you could make the argument for as sort of a crafty buy. We're again looking at the situation where we don't know how much rookies are going to make an impact in 2020 because of the uniqueness of the circumstances but based on the prices if you can get williams as a throw-in which i think you'll be able to now then he's the guy who could help you win this season which from a running back perspective may be more what you're trying to do anyway Uh, colin i'll ask you about aaron jones we did touch on this on tuesday a little bit but when I was talking with Sam about this article, Jones was one of the guys we talked about uh, I was thinking would be a little bit of a provocative sell here. Uh, my thought being that people would be very skeptical of A.J. Dillon. Now, I feel like it really hurt him to come in here behind Aaron Jones. While certainly I think people do believe that, there is a group out there who is certainly strongly in that category. I'm also seeing a lot of concern from Aaron Jones' owners and maybe a little bit more of a groundswell in favor of Dylan as being the guy here to own. And I think that's surprising. It's also a little bit fun. Uh, Jones and Dylan are both guys that I love. So either way that this works out, it's going to benefit some of my rosters and it's going to be fun uh, from a, a viewer's perspective. But if you only have one or the other, certainly Jones is the guy I think you should still be able to, to sell right? If people are not willing to buy Aaron Jones for 2020, even in a dynasty league, but again, we're focused on this year from running back perspective, that would seem crazy to me. Is there a certain level of compensation you'll be looking for for Jones? I think that Jones is a a good target. Like you mentioned there, you know, this season, the other thing is that he's heading into free agency, but uh, I think that he's going to get re-signed by the Packers. I think it's going to be a situation after this year where it's a a one-two split between Dylan and Jones um, so I, I still would be um, in the market to buy but I do think his value has has taken a hit but I, I think that more so Dylan's value has probably taken a hit um, you know and, and perception there you know going behind Jones I think people have the view of Jones as being the clear number one uh, running back like when I look at the communication in the media over the last couple of days since the draft it was a terrible draft for the Packers but people are talking about the Packers you know being in the NFC championship being uh, 13 and 3 um, you know so close to the Super Bowl but during last season the whole entire way through it all as we heard was that the Packers were the luckiest 13 and 3 team they were the worst 13 and 3 team and so on so the narrative there has changed and I think likewise um you know with with Jones and with this offense you know it wasn't as explosive as people would be looking back now um Jones was probably the the brightest and most explosive part of it Um, and I think that heading into this season we're going to see them lean more so on the run so I think there'll be enough work there for uh two running backs to to sustain value so I think Jones is somebody who if you're if you're in a team that's ready to compete I would definitely be looking to target him I think before the the draft you would have to be given up first round draft uh, capital i think after the draft like you know at this point if you're um and a, a rookie rookie draft i think maybe an early second round pick with something else applied could probably get it done um i don't know maybe if i'm going too low there sean do you think you know that kind of back end of the first or early second would would get a, a move for uh, somebody trying to target jones it's difficult i i do think that that should be something that would get him 
it's tricky because when we look at these dynasty formats, I do think that there's a very strong argument to be drafting someone like a Rager, uh, even drafting someone like a Chenault, an Ayuk, uh, a large number of receivers you can mention in that range. At the same time, if you're talking about having Aaron Jones on your roster or having DeAndre Swift on your roster, that at this point seems pretty clear cut, right? I mean, you would want Aaron Jones. He's a very athletic running back. He's an explosive running back. He's a running back who's demonstrated what he can do at the NFL level. He's a starter on a team that can move the ball. And so uh, that, again, I think gets back to that question about how are these rookies being valued? You know, does the first round make sense when you look at where those running backs are going? Because certainly if you put Aaron Jones in there, even if it's something where he's now in a little bit of a committee, and even if it's something where he does move on to a different team, which uh, certainly the Dylan pick seems like a little bit of insurance in case Jones is so good that they can't come to a new contract. Even if he moves somewhere else, then that value is likely to be there. Now, we do know that once you move into that second contract, these running backs can lose value in a real hurry. But like we discussed again, with that 2017 class the running backs can lose the value basically right off the bat right it doesn't have to be when they're 24 when they're 25 26 they can lose it at 22 23 certainly you look at a sony michelle uh, drafted as a first rounder into what looked like a good situation and what we discover is despite the explosiveness he demonstrated in college at the nfl level he's a three yards a three yards a two yards uh, you know, you're hoping maybe for that one big rush a game, you know, maybe the touchdown. And so you contrast that with an Aaron Jones, you look at where some of these guys landed. Uh, certainly, I think you could make an argument that picks in that second half of the first round range would be a very fair value. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations, which you can bet on. You can bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock market, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. The good news, too, all open. 24 hours a day and all online if you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code bluewire today while signing up you'll receive a welcome bonus to get you started once again that is betonline.ag promo code bluewire betonline your online wagering solution guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds get to bluechew.com today bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level they've got the same active ingredients that are in viagra and Celias, so you know they work and since they're chewable they work faster you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach plus you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line blue Chew's online physician is free of cost and once approved your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's the great deal for you guys as loyal listeners visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the code bluewire all you have to do is pay the five dollar shipping and get the order for free again that's bluechew.com promo code bluewire 
So Sean, moving into the second half of the show, we're going to look a little bit about some veterans who have gained in value. So let's let's get the positives. We got the negatives out of the way of players who may have lost value. We're going to look at the positives here of some of the guys who have maintained value through the process. Maybe got a little bit of boost as well uh, based on that. I mentioned earlier Drew Locke. It's not Drew Locke that we're going to talk about here. It's Gardner Minshew. Um, obviously from this time last year, um, you know he he's found himself in a great situation um, coming. Uh, out of the draft behind a high value free agent and Nick Foles now Nick Foles uh, with the Chicago Bears uh, Minshew um, getting himself another couple of pieces uh, getting Chenault uh, at the wide receiver position obviously um, has D.D. Westbrook there has D.J. Chark there and so very very positive for him Um, what's your thoughts Sean on Minshew have you moved him up your uh, quarterback rankings Uh, you know what's your thoughts there has to be positive in terms of of getting chenault uh, and on the roster it is this was a situation where i was holding my breath i have a number of shares in super flex leagues where if he lost value then the team would basically be sunk because it's just it's so difficult to get that depth at super flex you have someone retire you have someone like an andy dalton uh, who gets moved into a situation where he's now probably a backup and you can really be scrambling and so for him to number one not be drafted over uh, blair talks about how tua was projected to jacksonville at number nine in a handful of mocks obviously he didn't last that long uh, perfect situation here unlike the packers they did not go uh, for jordan love and to not only stay as the starter but also get a guy in chenault whom i believe we're higher on probably the consensus someone who now with chark and with chenault they have two potential difference makers they could have a tandem of high-end wide receivers for the next decade now the jaguars are an interesting team i think they're a fun team because there is so uh, their outcomes are so wide in terms of what could happen going forward we could see this team implode a completely new front office coaching staff a new quarterback all of that starting in 2021 or a year from now we could be talking about Minshew as this fantastic story obviously as the cult following but another year of success and it really changes from okay this is a fun story to oh this is a real story and i think if we get that and we get these two young wide receivers it surprises me where both of them are going now you're probably getting the jacksonville discount because people are skeptical about uh, the coaching staff they're skeptical about the quarterback play but shark is cheaper than he should be chenault is cheaper than he should be uh this is going to be a a fun team to watch certainly if you're as heavily invested in it as i am there's a chance it will blow up on you uh sort of chip kelly style but (laughs) i think at least right now in the offseason today uh, we're sort of pointing towards a best case scenario for some of these jaguars players yeah you always get that situation where you're just terrified that that's going to happen um and sometimes it always seems to be the the offenses that maybe we shouldn't be as excited about that that caused that but um you know I, I think that it's gonna be very very intriguing here to watch him develop over the next couple of months to see if he can't can't take that leap as we always look the second year and you know nothing was expected of him this time last year but uh, we're starting to starting to put some faith in to see what Minshew can do uh, next up is Alan Lazard um you know somebody's ways you could throw in with Lazard as Devin Funches uh, both of those guys you know even if you if you look at the depth in the Packers you know you have MVS who uh, heading into last year I was quite excited about but it just didn't work out for him at all last year um, and and the other uh, 
wide receiver that's there currently, uh, Equinemius and Brown. So there, there is chance for some guys to, to step forward on this roster. Um, but Lazard, obviously, definitely, you know, towards the end of last season, had all Aaron Rodgers' uh, faith there. Um, you know, he he was somebody who had a more expanded role um, and led led an uh, air adjusted yards per attempt um, for all wide receivers on the Packers uh, when getting targeted by Rodgers. So, what's your thoughts and how have they changed on on Lazard over the the last couple of days? He's someone I've been continuing to draft. Have drafted through the off season, uh, traded for through the off season. Certainly, the Packers were expected to address the wide receiver position. I think that that has been knocking him down and keeping him pretty inexpensive. However, when you look at what his, he did last year, you look at his collegiate performance, you look at his size and athleticism, it's it's still very unclear how he fell out of the draft originally in the first place. I think because he was an undrafted player that there's the continued expectation that midnight is going to strike everything is going to turn back into a pumpkin lazard is going to be gone but at this point we really have to consider the opposite scenario as well right blair talks about how he didn't play in the first four games last year wasn't targeted in the fifth game but from week six on was the clear number two receiver 52 targets 477 yards averaged over 13 yards per reception or perhaps even more importantly i mean he was the most efficient guy for rogers last year and it wasn't even close when rogers targeted lazard he averaged 10.4 adjusted yards per attempt number two was Devonte adams down there at 8.3 now we know that in this situation Devonte adams is getting a lot more defensive attention it certainly doesn't mean that lazard is better but i think you've got to be very enthusiastic about what he was able to do last year in his first extended opportunity and uh, the fact that the Packers didn't address this position in a draft that has uh, been you know, bashed from all quarters, a draft that didn't seem to make sense, I think you can probably move Lozard even further up your board than most people are going to be willing to. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that he's somebody who I wasn't like I was kind of I was pretty certain the Packers were going to draft a wide receiver so I wasn't uh putting any you know uh value into that another player who like from his time with the Panthers who I still have on a number of rosters is Funches and I was kind of thought that he was going to be somebody who probably would end up getting cut you know towards the end of the the process but obviously maybe taking him in as a free agent they think that they have more there than uh they need at the wide receiver position so he's somebody who went from been pretty pretty much worthless uh, a couple of weeks ago to maybe in you know two two to three months time may have um you know standalone value in terms of you know making trades or you know starting him come come the start of the season the the other players mentioned here are all running backs it's austin eckler who i was delighted to see that they didn't they didn't uh, go uh, heavily at the running back position they have taken in joshua kelly which um i've ended up with a couple I've, I've two drafts so far that have gone uh through those first uh three rounds and i've him on two rosters now uh through that process um james connor who obviously has really gone into his contract here but like aaron jones um the concern was there that they might look to replace him um obviously that didn't happen um they have taken in uh, some depth uh with mcfarland at running back but uh i think couldn't have went much better for james connor and matt breda who you mentioned uh got traded um for a fourth round pick to um the miami dolphins which i think is a, a great opportunity for him uh to like you know his, his value was really you know stuck in the mud if he stayed with the, the 49ers so like moving to the the dolphins gives him uh, an opportunity for that boost I, i've acquired uh, matt breda in a trade actually during 
the current rookie draft uh, was able to pick him up and that another trade i done that ended up looking very very good i was just looking as we were talking um i i, I mentioned it i think on last week's show i traded uh, J- for james connor and chris hendron and give up daryl henderson so that's looking very uh, good after the draft has ended here but looking at those uh, three running backs sean uh, i know that we're all glad uh, for austin eckler but what's your thoughts on the three of them um moving forward here this is a great situation for Eckler. I do like Kelly, as you mentioned. He's someone I've been adding. Uh, he has the the great numbers in the backfield dominator rating. So uh, he, he's going to be one of those draft values. He's the perfect complement. But certainly, this worked out well for Eckler. We had talked on a previous show about how his ADP was a little bit rich for uh, what the potential concerns were. And you look at him now, I think that it, it very much solidifies the workload that he was expected to get He's a guy a little bit like we talked about the situation with Sutton, what you could do. I've been lightening my portfolio on him a little bit simply because I own him in basically every single league. I think that was the right move, but certainly uh, if you could go back and look at it, maybe you would ask for even more. Uh, He's going to have an absolutely fantastic season. Although again, there's that little bit of concern about what losing Phillip Rivers will do. Uh, We saw that last year with the Indianapolis Colts running backs, how sometimes if you move down uh, to a quarterback who has a little bit different profile, maybe not quite as good, doesn't have that willingness to sort of relentlessly drop the ball off that you could lose wide receiver targets or running back targets specifically in a hurry so uh, still some potential issues there but Eckler having a great draft I wanted to mention uh, on this Pittsburgh backfield I was reading last week I was trying to decide if I should use uh, my last roster spot in a league on Benny Snell and I have to apologize I'm not remembering the publication but it was a it was a pittsburgh paper certainly pittsburgh fans chiming in the poll asking whether they felt like connor or snell would lead the packer or would lead the steelers in running back yards this coming season uh snell with a couple of good games down the stretch certainly someone the front office believed in when they used the fourth round pick on him last year someone they've been talking up a little bit uh, in the offseason but i think isn't necessarily amplified in uh, fantasy circles because there's this perception that snell simply is not the level of athlete who can succeed i think he may be the guy here so certainly connor the oh so the then the, the payoff of that story was that the pittsburgh fans actually slightly gave the edge to snell which was shocking right in terms of who would lead this committee in rushing yards now there's a lot more to it than that obviously you need those receptions connor still looks like he'll be the guy there if healthy they bring in mcfarland who has some athleticism a great 40 a terrible vertical leap uh, broke off some long runs at maryland but was never really the guy right so when you contrast what snell did as someone who was a big part of lifting kentucky football to where it is now and how he was able to be the workhorse for so long was more explosive in college maybe than his tested athleticism suggests i think the real opportunity in there is to get snell and really all you have to decide is whether or not he's worth more than a roster spot because otherwise he's basically free and so that's the way that i'm playing it i will probably look at this in a couple of months and find out that he's been cut uh, something to that effect but 
From a zero running back perspective, he's going to be the least expensive way to play that. We see some other guys like a Zach Moss, like a David Montgomery, players who have very similar size speed profiles and yet are looked at very differently than Snell is when Snell was the guy in college who had that production. Now, I think Moss falls into that area too. He's someone also would be targeting, but that would be kind of the way that I'm playing that one. Wanted to throw that in there on the Steelers. Certainly, we love Matt Breida. Probably Rotoviz listeners own him in every league. We're trying to figure out whether they should cut him because the question was whether or not he was worth more than just having an open roster spot. If you managed to get to the draft without cutting him, maybe you didn't have to fix your IR spots in your league until after the draft this weekend. If he's still sitting on there, then uh, you've gained a lot of value. Might not be a bad time to sell before that value plummets again, but certainly Brita, one of our favorite guys. Yeah, that's the decision on some of these guys is, you know, is it just time to, to cash out now when they've made it past that line? Is this the height of the value? Um, it's always that tough decision. Uh, Breida is somebody who is on a lot of my rosters. One of them that he was not, I did acquire during the draft, as I mentioned. Um, I think that um, it's it's an ideal landing spot. Let's see let's see what happens there. Um, it's it's <laughs> Benny Snell, Sean, you've mentioned him. He's on every. I have a hundred percent Benny Snell shares on my taxi squads from last year, and uh, if he wasn't on the taxi squad, I think he would have been cut. So let's hope those uh, Steelers fans uh, have seen something that we can we can maintain our hope for this season, and and he can make it onto the roster. Come those uh, kind of final fifty three men uh, squads, um, still still a little bit of hope left there. We, we will die on that hill, um, but that's going to do it for today's show. Um, we've we've had two bumper shows this week, lots of good information and then looking back at the draft the show earlier this week looking at the rookies today's show looking at the veterans hope you have enjoyed it also as we mentioned this is episode 98 so we hit an episode 100 next week you do have an opportunity to get yourself one of those one month subscriptions uh, that we're giving away 10 off those um over the next kind of week to two weeks um as we run up to episode number 100 so do get involved in that leave us a written interview on your favorite podcast app share some of those rotoviz radio tweets on twitter and uh, until we're back with another show my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tim ireland as always make sure you're reading each and every piece of sean's great work up on the site until we're back next week have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his for 30 percent discount through the road of his radio homepage road of his.com forward slash podcast sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.